thing that strikes me about that story is like, how deep does your darkness have to be to be mad at your rescuer? Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode six of Hope Between the Lines. My name is Dan Herod, and it is my extreme privilege and high honor to be on this journey with you on this very fine day. In just a moment, you're going to walk into a conversation that I got to have with Terrence Talley. Terrence is an amazing human being, a passionate father, a devoted husband, and one of the best communicators to students in the public school setting that I have ever had the privilege of working with. And after saying all of that, it is absolutely vital that you also know that I would consider Terrence to be one of my best friends. He has been walking alongside of me in my journey for years, and he's been a true friend in every sense of the word. So I'm excited for you to join me and Terrence as we just kind of walk and talk through different facets of life. We throw it back to our days at North Central University, how each of us met somebody that was pretty inspirational and transformational. And you're going to discover there's a whole lot more to Terrence's story than maybe even you have ever known. So buckle up. It's going to be a great ride today. Well, Terrence Talley, welcome to Hope Between the Lines. Ah, thank you, Mr. Dan Herod. Mr. Mr. Dan Herod. I got to bring Mr. in there. Am I in trouble? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. You're respected, my man. Oh, I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. So here's one thing that I got to say. You are one of the most uh, passionate people that I know. And Mm. one thing I absolutely love and I thank God for about you is the way that you you take every moment uh, very appropriately and you pour yourself into people generously and without without reserve. And I just got to say this, I want to be a better human uh, because of you, because you just model what it means to be uh, awesome. Shut up. Just shut <laughs> up. Wait to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to butter me up. What is this? Well, it's not a bad strategy, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I I learned from you. And obviously I've told you that millions of times that uh you are my hero and just everything that you've been through. And it's just like, man, I'm if I can be like anybody, I want to be like Dan Perry and just be able to take on the things that you have and still uh, are going and going strong. And it's really easy for someone to close in on themselves, but you have known. And so now you are, you seriously, you and Marlena are heroes of mine. Wow. Wow. So we've known each other for what? Um, seven? Uh, Fifteen? Years? Probably about 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I know, right? (laughs) That sounds so crazy. It's ridiculous that number one, I can say I know somebody, I've known someone for over 15 years. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe it. I've never thought about that until now. I'm like, 15 years? I'm not old enough to have a friend (laughs) over 15 years. That's insane. Right, because you got all the people that you went to elementary, middle school, and high school with, and you're like, mm-hmm. I may or may not keep in touch with those people, and yeah, and then you meet some people in college and after college that you're like, wow, I just met a really awesome person, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of like the cool thing about life, like there are seasons yeah. in relationships, and you meet people and you discover something about life through them and uh, i'm not gonna butter you up anymore because i know how much you (laughs) you uh you love that but well well, that would be the thing that i would ask you is what is it what is one time in your college years that that you knew that you met somebody that 
even at that time, had an impact on you and continues to have an impact on you now. Yeah, it's uh, one person that really left an impression on me. His name is Ricky Spindler. And mm. he's a pastor, I believe, in Illinois. And the people that leave an impression on me, it has everything to do with the presence that they walk into the room with. Mm. Because, yeah, yeah, because uh, for for Ricky specifically, I was really aware of his his love for Jesus and yeah. it was so focused and to be at a bible college like north central university to have somebody stand out on their passion <laughs> for the mm. lord and there's passion like everywhere there is and it's a good thing and so yeah. when someone really just walks into the room and is so abandoned to following Jesus. Like that's what I remember the most about Ricky. And I I would love to to connect with him in the future and just have another conversation with him where I could just kind of see where he's at now. But so he'd be somebody that looking back at North Central days and he left a mark on me. And the reason why was how he walked into the room. Uh, how about you? Is there somebody from your college days that like, yeah, that was, that was amazing. Um, I, I would say definitely Nate Rouge. Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember the day I met that dude and it was, I, I, I knew it was a God moment just because I'm sitting in the lunchroom and you know how everybody knows like, Oh, this person, especially when he showed up as like a faculty member mm-hmm. and then, everybody knew who he was and then he was just like you and i need to get to be friends and it was just like what he wants to be my friend i'm I'm like this freshman out of nowhere i didn't have no connection to the assemblies whatsoever and so to have him just be able to reach out like that that was a huge impact moment for me just that was like a way for me to feel i i guess accepted or brought in to the north central just, it's really easy with North Central to kind of get caught in a bubble and if you don't go to a certain church or you don't know these certain people, then you are felt you can feel kind of like an outsider. But that moment, it it made me go, yeah, I I belong here. This is this is home. And so Wow. See, we're we're doing a commercial for North Central right here, where it's like, hmm, North <laughs> Dan's even wearing the gear for it. It's like mm, North Central, where passion is birth. Even in the in the uh, stairways of your dorm room, you get people in, on the guitar. I don't know if you had that. People would just sit in the staircase and just play. Yeah, those <laughs> poor those poor North Central security officers. <laughs> like the the rounds that they just knew every night the stairwells would be like they would be the wet blanket like <laughs> couples trying to uh have a you know a special <laughs> moment goodbye <laughs> and in walks someone wearing a bulletproof vest and carrying a stick <laughs> that could break your face if they wanted to and it's it's interesting that you look back on the college college years there's so much that I didn't know. Oh I man. Knew. Yeah. And there's a pile of things that I thought I knew. Yeah. You and know I'm what? Like, that, that is a great question. Actually. What is it? Uh, something that you thought you knew, but you found out is totally not true. I thought I knew God's will. Mm. And the reason why I thought I knew it is because I overcomplicated it. Mm. And my default setting is if it's more difficult, then it must be God. Uh, right? So, yeah. yeah, that's one thing I thought I knew. I really thought I understood uh, how God thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see <laughs> that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then maybe something I, I didn't know would be I, I didn't know how much uh 
the American gospel was inadequate. Come on now. Yeah. And I, I really don't say that in a negative like way or slight. Right. I just discovered later in life that uh, some of the, ways that we talk about the gospel and what it means to follow Jesus here in America, it feels like um, an infomercial sometimes. Mm. You know how when they're rattling off all of these amazing statistics and then like in the bottom of the screen, there's this little fine print (laughs) and it's Mm. like results may not be typical. And so we've allowed maybe an incomplete understanding of the gospel to permeate American Christianity to a point. And so now I have a more fuller understanding with miles to go, but I just, I'm understanding that Jesus went to the cross and, and why did he do that? It's because he loved us. And if we're to follow him, we need to be willing to carry our cross and then also to, to love people. Right. And I think at our current inflection point in America, uh, I don't know if you feel it, but I do. I I feel like our love for others is so conditional. Oh my goodness. It doesn't look anything like Jesus sometimes. Right. Well, and that's, I I think I, I heard the other day where somebody said that as we all probably know that right now, this generation there's more people, more students leaving the church than hmm. there are coming in. And it's not that, and this isn't me, but this is what I heard. It, it's not that they're leaving the church because of Jesus. It's not that we didn't teach them the right things, but they did learn Jesus and they did learn the things and they read the Bible for themselves and they're seeing how it doesn't line up with what we're saying and what we're doing. And that's why they're leaving. Mm. And hearing that, that, that made me stop for a moment. And it's just like, that's why I, I love doing, but also being able to get to do what, what I do and you do, uh, and we do, do, do Mm. is, uh, to just be able to showcase that and the showcase, uh, uh, a Jesus that is not complicated. And I think that was the issue for me when, when I was going before North Central, I was like, okay, I got to do these things for God. And this, this is my mission. And it's like, I've got the army hat and I'm ready. We even sing the Christian song, onward Christian soldier. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm doing this. I'm taking it for the Lord. Yeah. And God's like, you don't got to take nothing from me. Like I'm God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. And it's like, Mm. I, I love you. And I think for me, it was, I learned that the hard way. And I got myself tired of just trying to do. And there was a time, if I'm being honest, there was a time where I was just like, God, I'm, I'm too tired to follow you. Wow. And I can't, I can't, I can't keep up. And and God was just like, I did not ask you to do all these things. Wow. And you are not some tool to me. Right. You, you're my son. Come on. And I love you. Wow. And so that's like every single time going to school, speaking to students. And I know it's really easy. And I feel like people are, are called to, to preach on different things. And everybody has their their story to preach. Um, but I feel like mine is to to show people Jesus loves you. I got no judgment for you. I got, uh, I am not that fire and brimstone preacher. Yes. Do we need to come to the cross? Do we need to follow Jesus? So, uh, because our sin separates us from him and that will send us to hell. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, but I know I can't go into a, a preaching moment, into a church or into a school 
like that fire and brimstone piece. It's just like, I love you. I, I can't judge you whatsoever. I'm here to, to bring you in. And I don't want you to look at me and be complicated by the gospel. Uh, I don't want you to look at me and be complicated in what Jesus is saying. It's just like plain and simple. God loves you. If, if you're going to listen to me, you're going to know that, that God loves you. He died for you and he wants you to come close. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think about how Christianity is different than even other uh, major world religions. And it mm -hmm. feels, it feels like there's a structure in place in other religions where you kind of got to climb the ladder. You got to do the thing to get the de deity to smile on you and to hear mm -hmm. your prayer. And Christianity is not that if anything, God, the deity came down, he put himself through Jesus Christ on the altar. So the deity sacrificed for us so that he could give us his favor. Right. And it's just so different than so, so many. And I haven't studied all the world religions. Uh, there's way more than I think I'll ever discover, but a theme in most religions is you, you got to kind of earn your way there. And the gospel preaches a different message. It's yeah. Jesus did everything to get us there already. <laughs> and now he invites us to follow him. Mm -hmm. And man, 2020 was a pretty revolutionary year for me because mm -hmm. I discovered the gospel renovated me in ways that I didn't know I needed help. Mm -hmm. And I discovered that I was in one of two extremes and how I saw myself. I was either like this worthless slave and I would be super critical towards myself or I was a spoiled rotten emperor <laughs> who yeah. felt, felt entitled to everything. If I desire it, I deserve it. It was, and it was just an ugly mantra, but I discovered in the middle where the gospel met me, I discovered just like you said, like I'm a son of the most mm -hmm. high God. I'm a co-heir with Christ. And that changes everything. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it is so freeing when, when you look at it like that. And it's not, uh, I got to re-earn my place and I got to get back into the starting line of Jesus' starting lineup. It's like, no, <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to do any of that. And I think that creates so much Christian suffering. Mm. Uh, it's needless suffering. And it just, I used to be caught in that. And it just makes me sad that I had so many years that I wasn't passionate about Christ. I was scared of Christ. Wow. And yeah. yeah. I, I, I couldn't fully take in what he had for me because of that. And so, man, yeah, I, yeah, going back, that was one of the things I wish I would have told myself when I well, was in college. Yeah. And thank God we, we were, we were, we were able to discover it now. And, yeah, and like now we, wherever we walk our the way we walk is different. And I've seen you in school assemblies and you, you're always sharing a positive mental health message. You're always sharing a motivational story. You're always sharing uh, values-based character mm -hmm. education in public schools. And, but I watch you and the way that you walk it, and you walk in, in love, you, you walk in a knowledge and an understanding that every single person in the room has a story and it matters. And I, I'll never forget what happened January 24th in 2020. You know, you and I were serving the Oshkosh School District together. Mm -hmm. And 400 students in the gymnasium. It's crazy to think like pre-COVID, we actually got to do that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, right? It seems so long ago. <laughs> no. it, yeah, it seriously feels like forever ago. And so it, are you comfortable just kind of sharing the rest of the story about the gentleman who approached you after? and talked about what he purchased and how his mom. Oh, okay. <laughs> At first I'm like, wait a minute, what happened to Oh, yeah. Um, 
and I, I remember it because I remember calling you afterwards to be like, okay, you got to hear this story because yeah. I know I'm probably going to forget about it. Uh, but yeah, it's just being able to, to go to that school and, you know, afterwards people are crying and this, this is, it, you get used to it, but you don't get used to it because right. it's still touching and you still see some of those, those tears of like football players and that kid that was quiet in the corner. And it does, it gets you every single time. That's right. It You're does. expecting it, but you still, it still hits you. Yeah. And I, I just remember this this kid coming up and he's got tears on his face and gave me a hug and then he left and i i just all of a sudden we're in the car and i think you and i were driving in two different vehicles or something um but it was like right away i get this email <clears throat> and in this email he just shared about um how he had bought a gun and he was going to use that to take his life and two weeks uh, before the day we got there he uh his mom found the gun and she took it away and he was like terrence i was so mad with her wow and it's just like i just i i just wanted to get her back and he was just like i just i couldn't believe how angry i was at her for mm -hmm. taking the gun away and then today happened and the assembly came and it's just like, now I am so glad she did take it when she did. Come on. And it was just so cool. To, and I, I, I remember you talking about this and you said it in a way where I was like, I got to remember how Dan put that. Dan told the story better than I can tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you said something about just, uh, how he was still damn you know what you said well uh, the the thing that strikes me about that story is like how deep does your darkness have to be there you go to be mad at your rescuer and yes so i'm a volunteer firefighter and so i could not imagine running into a burning building with my full gear on with a mask on with the bottle on the back with a fire hose and you know we make it to the back of the the house and it's just flames are shooting out of the second story and it's smoke everywhere and we find someone and we're like okay let's go and then they start punching us and they start fighting us and we're like but we're here for you <laughs> and they're like <laughs> then they're, then they're like no man get away and I, that's how i picture that young student before the assembly like his darkness was so deep that he couldn't picture his life and this is going to get me emotional he couldn't picture his life mattering so much that his mom would actually stop him from, from yeah. making a choice you can't unmake and so and this is what i love about what we do um is that in 50 minutes when you step on the scene and you get students laughing you get teachers dancing and and then you share your story and then you share truth it just in less than 50 minutes sometimes because i've seen that too yeah. <laughs> principal walks up before the program and they're like terrence you have, you have 20 minutes, minutes. go <laughs> and so you have to take 50 minutes and compress it into 20 and you did it absolutely and, and that actually was another life-changing moment oh, that man. we had in appleton at at east high school and so we have like one of the best jobs on the planet absolutely that we would be trusted to go serve schools and to bring a message that students need to hear and for you to be able to share it in such a way that they want to hear it and they understand it and like i i talk to people about you all the time and i and i say you know, Terrence, Terrence is amazing and uh, he's humble and he's, he's, he's absolutely driven. And so that story from Oshkosh was, I'll never forget it. Absolutely. My goodness. I, well, I just love how you put it. He was just so deep in his darkness that he, he couldn't imagine his life mattering. See, I'm going to remember that because every single time I'm like, Dan, Dan said it so well. Um, 
But yeah, I, I do every single time. I mean, how how many times have we been in school? Hundreds, hundreds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but every single time, it's just like, wow, God, why is, do you trust me to do this? Mm. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but I am so appreciative of it. Come on, and I there's. There's no doubt, my mind. We got the best job. <laughs> we do. It's, like, it's it's almost ridiculous. Like, <laughs> wait. So we get to uh, go and uh, serve and to see transformation. Mm-hmm. And I think about the teachers in every single building that we get to serve. They are the ones that actually help that moment happen. Yeah. Because without teachers and without administrators. Uh, None of that is possible. And so the way that you set up your program (laughs) pre-COVID, when we were actually able to hug people and to to be shoulder to shoulder with people, is that you remind the students that the teachers in the room are for them and not against them. And yeah. Some some of the, the biggest cries that I've had at least uh, watching everything is when you see those students and just go into that teacher and they just start just weeping. Mm-hmm. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you just see them just fall into these teachers' arms and yep. and, and that see that teacher that just takes them in mm-hmm. and and just holds them. And this is a place, uh, somebody, a teacher said that this is the most sterile place. Like yep. we have made schools so sterile and to come in here and she was like, for you to just mess it up like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was like, it was, she was like, this is what we need right now. Yeah. And so it is pretty cool to just like be able to, to sit back with you and like, and sometimes I even watch you because I'm like, okay, what is they are watching for? What is, who is he looking at? <laughs> and, and just the the see, just being able to capture that in is just inspiring. I, I love it every single time. For real, um, I think student mental health is we're like as a culture, we're more aware of it than maybe mm-hmm. we've ever been. And I think it's, it's important that we have more conversations about student mental health. And mm. I know that you've released your second book on this journey. And I, I read the first one. And in fact, we, we send a copy to every school that we get to go serve together. Uh, I'm excited to get your second book. Uh, what, what possessed you to write that? first book and then to follow through by releasing another book yeah so the first book it was one day because it was near the beginning of when everything just started because i had been on on a journey of just i knew god had called me to be to go and do the school assemblies and be on the road and it was just starting out and all of a sudden, especially talking about the dad hugs, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I started to get stories and students sending me different things. And it's like, man, I tell stories. And I, and I was like, maybe I can tell this student's story. And I try to put that in an assembly and it's like, oh, but then I heard this story. And then it was just like, there's this one uh, where this dude, he was 15 years old and he wrote me an, an email and he talked about how uh, he had been molested by his uncle and he just felt like he was just so ugly and he hadn't told anybody except for the police what had happened. And he just said that uh, after that, he felt like nobody cared no. and he just, he just hated himself. And he goes, but when you came in today, I didn't feel hated. I felt accepted. Wow. With all my pain and hurt that I had. Hmm. And it was like a story like that. All of a sudden I'm like, I have to, I have to tell this story 
And there are so many stories that happen. I just, we got to find a way to capture all these stories. Yeah. And I, I never want to use my platform for me. And I'm like, I got a story or two to tell, but all these students do have one. And mm -hmm. so just be able to put those in a book and have other students read those stories and know, like, I may not be able to tell a story about uh, some kind of hurt or abuse, but this, this student can, and you can connect to that student in that way. And just being able to build a collection uh, of secrets, a network of secrets, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so people can feel <clears throat> like they're not alone in theirs. And so that's why the first book came about secrets anonymous. It's just being able to, to make sure people know like, Hey, I, I hear you and you're, you're not alone in your story. And there are people that are going through, uh, that same emotion because the details aren't always the same. And I, you know, you could be like, I was 13 years old and the, the house fell down and that was like, okay, I don't know anybody that has those kind of details, right? but they do have the detail of, I lost everything. Yeah. And it devastated my family. Mm. And so be able to have connect that way for students and, and even surprisingly adults as well as, come to me and be like, I read this story and I connected to that. And so, yeah. Wow. Well, uh, number one, great job, uh, on secrets anonymous uh, and uh, can't wait to get my hands, uh, on book number two. And I think what you're keying in on is something that's worth exploring a little bit more. And that's the power of the story that a person mm -hmm. believes they're living and, the rules that you believe about your story will guide the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And whenever I find myself using the words always or never, <laughs> I'm, I'm discovering what I believe about my story. And if mm -hmm. I, if I truly believe, man, everything always works out awesome. How am I gonna how am I gonna approach life? I'm gonna I'm gonna lean in. I'm gonna roll with the punches a little bit better because right. this stinks now, but everything always turns out awesome. But if it's the opposite, everything always ends up destroyed. Or, yeah. Mm -hmm. How am I gonna approach life? And I've discovered that when a child grows up in a dysfunctional home. They don't ask, why is my environment so unhealthy? They ask, what's, what's wrong with me? Oh. And what I love about the work that you do is that you help a student understand that it's not them, it's the environment sometimes. And mm. it's, it's the choices that adults in their lives have made. And they aren't to blame for, for any of the dysfunction that they grew up in. And the way that you, you find a way to kind of flip the light on and then connect them to a teacher so they have hope. And then you, you give them more. And what, I'm, what do I mean by that? I, I mean, you give them a direction to walk and, you find creative ways to say it all the time, but never give up, right? Don't give up. Right. And I, I just, I love, I absolutely love what happens in less than like 50 minutes <laughs> in a school program. I can't wait for this fall. Yeah. Uh, when we're able to get back into schools and cause we're, I'm already having educators reach out to me about programs really yeah and they're like just last week i got multiple multiple inquiries like when can we get terrence back and they want to do the virtual this semester and then they're thinking towards the fall so it's it's going to be a good fall and one, <laughs> one thing that i kind of want to 
maybe ask you is that is there has there ever been a moment in your life that you just like man that's funny <laughs> uh well there have been lots of <laughs> moments uh I, i'm trying to think what it would be a funny moment because i kind of break up my my life into different sections if you were or, yeah because or, you got the the growing up adolescence uh section then you got for me it was after high school to literally probably the end of college what am i doing section <laughs> trying to figure that all out yeah and then now you have the the dad section, if you will. Yeah. And trying to figure out being a dad and being a husband. I shouldn't call it the dad section. It's like uh, the husband. Uh, mm, that sounds absolutely. weird. Well, yeah, we'll think of something new for that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there have always been like funny moments of just life. And right now, I think one of the things that that I've learned from my kids is that I, <laughs> I am not as important as I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, especially during this time when everything, because everything started in March, right? Where everything went into the pandemic. Yeah. And it was come it must have been probably July, August. Like we're having this moment and we're talking. I'm thinking everything is all good. You know, we spent a lot of time in the house because there was a part of the pandemic where it was like, you don't even go anywhere. That's it's right. Like, you're straight up just inside. Yeah. And we were just chilling out. And then my daughter, Cece, she looks at me and she goes, Dad, when are you going back to work? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and she was like, I was like, don't you like dad being home? She was like, yeah, it was good for a couple of weeks. Oh <laughs> I was like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's a little blow to the ego, but right. I got you. I hear you. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Kids say the uh, most amazing things. Like I'll yes. drop, I'll drop dad jokes on my daughter all day. Like she, <laughs> she absolutely braces herself every day for a dad joke, and she's gotten to the point now. I'll drop the punchline, and she'll just look at me deadpan and say, "That's not funny, Daddy." <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, "Honey, you're right. It's hilarious." And so I. <laughs> And my poor son, like I found uh, a, this web page where there's like a hundred poop jokes. So I started blowing up his phone. And after the first one, the first one is one word reply was stop. <laughs> <laughs> now, he tried, but because I am paying for said phone, I did not stop. And that's right. 17 jokes later, I finally was done but it <laughs> being a parent is the most challenging and rewarding thing i've ever done oh yeah yes and to have a life that well i'll just put it this way when when i got married i was like yeah i know what love is and so when i became a dad i was like oh there's another side of love yeah. That I, I had I had no idea about. Yes. And I wasn't even ready for it. But holding my son and my two daughters, man. <laughs> I oh right? Yeah, yeah. I was trying to tell somebody who hadn't had kids yet, as I think it was my brother-in-law. I was like, Trust me, the first time you see that kid and it comes out, he, he was like, oh, you're just going to slap it with a towel and then take it home. And I was like, it don't work that way. <laughs> I was like, the minute you see it, you're going to break down. 
Yep. And it's, I can't even explain it. Words are not enough. That's right. And when you see this gift that God has given you, that is a part of you yeah. and, and just, it, 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 it just, I, I don't even know. It, it does. It just makes you water. And, yeah. and I remember I yeah. sat there and I looked at my daughter. I hadn't even held her yet. They just put her in that warming area. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, that's mine. Like that's, God, right. you, that's mine. And yeah. I, I was just so happy and so humbled the mm, first time. Yeah. And from then on, it's been just all, all day, everything, every day. You're going to be humbled yep. and you're going to be happy. Yep. <laughs> so. yep. Yep. Well said. Well said. Can you think of a point in your journey where you just found yourself in a really challenging season of life? Uh, yeah, I for me, I so when I went to North Central, um, I I went there and I knew this girl and she known me since like I became a Christian. Like it was mm -hmm. like she knew Terrence's faith journey, and we started dating when I started going to North Central, and it was just like it was not even a question like this girl and I, we're going to get married. Like, mm -hmm. this is it. This is person. And so we finally did get married in my, I want to say it was my junior year at North Central. And it was so hard. And I couldn't even, I, I couldn't fully grasp the weight and the responsibility of marriage. Mm -hmm. And I just, fell back on well it's always going to be there and it's like oh, i'll just do my thing and it's just always going to be there but when she left i i'll never forget it i was just sitting in my house everything she had moved everything out of there and i'm sitting there and i was alone oh no and I was like, God, what, why did you do this to me? Mm -hmm. And it was a, a time in that moment. I, I was like, God, you, you must be real. You have to be real or else I'm so done with this. I so don't want to do this. I so don't want to continue to be let down and even though that night um, I got a random phone call from somebody and it was almost like God was like, boy, don't you ever challenge me again. And, <laughs> and it was, but even after that night, it was just, it was hard because mm -hmm. it was just like, everything felt like it was falling apart for me. And even I, I think even back to the whole idea of, thinking I'm this soldier and I'm going in there. I'm just going to do these things for the Lord and mm -hmm. I'm God's tool. That was the end of that. That season brought the end of that just because I couldn't, I, I couldn't do those things. And those being able to, to travel and to do the things that I thought I was doing for God, I, I couldn't, it was taken away. And I, I found myself, not knowing who I was, wow. found myself constantly questioning God. And it's hard to, to keep a faith when everything is broken mm. and all you see is loss. Um, and so that, that's me. It was like one of the most trying seasons ever in my life. Oh my and then, and then out of that, I, the other one would be the death of my brother. That was like, yep. uh, yeah, I, you, you just, you can't prepare for death. And yeah. I, yeah. Even so this day, it, it's still really, really hard to imagine. Like my, my brother had been there my whole life. Yeah. My brother and I were close mm -hmm. and 
went out of nowhere. It's just gone. Yeah. I, yeah, that was hard. Man. So where were you looking for hope then? And where do you find hope now? So when I went through my divorce, it was in the people that believed in and, and that followed and loved Jesus. I, because when I didn't have faith, they had it for me. And it was during those times when I called up people and I called up a Nate Rouge and be like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. And he'd just be like, I'm going to encourage you. And even those times where people are like, let's just pray. And it's like, I don't want to pray right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not feeling this whatsoever. That's right. That's right. And he still just made me do it. It was like, that was my prayer time for those moments. And mm. uh, I didn't know how much they were needed, but he did. And so I constantly, even though I got annoyed, I constantly go back to him. I constantly go back to a, a Richard Baker and he was yeah. just checking on me. And I remember he even invited me over uh, to his family's house for Easter. And it's like, Easter is the most random holiday to just invite somebody right? over. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, I'll go to Easter with you. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it is in those relationships that just continually uh, helped me to have, find hope mm-hmm. and to find Christ through everything. I think during, with my brother, uh, Believe it or not, I the hope part of that didn't come for those moments. It didn't okay. come right after his death because I I just kicked into like Terrence on autopilot. Yeah. Terrence on okay, I'm gonna take care of this and then I'm gonna go speak to this place and I still got a youth pastor so I can do this. And it was in that juggling of Terrence, you don't you know you don't have to deal with this. That sucked. It was hard. You can move on from it. Mm. The whole piece came two years later when I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't put the mask on. I couldn't just keep on going forward. And it just hit me like uh, a part of me. I was like, I, I, I felt like I failed my brother hmm. just because um, I was the one Christian in our family and he, constantly ask questions and even now i i have a book because i we made him read it uh, was it the cause of god or something like that yeah and he put questions in there that he had and i never answered those questions and it just hit me like years two years after that where i just was i I was beating myself up yeah. and I, I couldn't run away from it. And so it was not just going back mm-hmm. to those people, but it was also finding hope and in a process and a, okay, Terrence, you're going to sit down and you're going to go talk to someone. Yeah. Terrence, you're going to, you're going to have your prayer time through this, this moment and, and finding hope and consistency and and really letting myself actually grieve in a it's going to sound weird allowing myself to grieve in a disciplined way yeah or else i was just going to just grieve all over the place and and it's so hard to find hope when you're drowned but it's like if if i stay on this side of the pool I can still go through the things I, the feelings that I have, but I also can stand up in the water and reach out to the people that are close when I need to. Wow. That's a powerful analogy. Um, Yeah. I still, I remember hearing the news of your brother's passing and uh, just from a distance, I, um, I, uh, I was processing the loss of my own daughter and, uh, I was just so broken uh, for you and uh, had nothing but uh, tears <laughs> and agony um, <laughs> yeah. for you and uh, for your family. And so I'm, I'm super encouraged by the way 
that you've chosen to process through this and mm. because it is a choice and i think sometimes it's easy to lose sight of that because what pain does pain can be blinding sometimes pain can yeah. give you tunnel vision sometimes and pain can also uh, make you feel like you have to focus on everything it can be overwhelming yeah there's a somebody who survived the holocaust he wrote a book his name is victor frankel and it's called man's search for meaning and he put it this way you know life may be able to take away your possessions and strip you of your titles and positions but nothing can take away your power to choose mm. that's and, good yeah and just i'm just super encouraged hearing you process how at 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 the time where you were able, you, you, you chose. And because of that healthy choice, you are now able to share with tens of thousands of students, sometimes a month. And just the impact that a story can have and I've heard it put this way, you know, a message reaches a mind, but a story reaches a soul. Oh, come on. And the way that, you know, you embody uh, your story, because it's not just one chapter, it, the, it's the whole novel, it's the whole trilogy, it's the whole saga, it's the whole universe to go marvel on you. Um, right. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Yeah, I just think it's so important for us to always remember there's a choice to be made and only we can make it. Right. And I'm thankful for that, actually, because nobody else can take away my choice. Life and circumstances can change my can change, but nobody can take my choice from me. And uh, one one final question for you, Terrence. Um, Yo, now that you got me like crying and everything. I know, I know, I know. Sorry. What kind of podcast is this? It's the worst. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Last question. Who are you proud of right now? Who am I proud of? Man, I, I, I okay, so there, there are probably like five people that I'm proud of right now. Yeah. And, and I, this is no joke. Uh, you, you are one of the five. I just, you are like one of the few people where if something good happens to you, I feel like it happens to me. <laughs> and every time I just uh, see you like grow and your gifts and continue on in, in your journey of just understanding what God has uh, given you, yeah. man, I do. I, and then I get so excited to, to see like when your book came out, I was so like, I was like, <laughs> you got to read my man's damn book. This is awesome. <laughs> and I, I was just so excited then. And to see just you even now and wow, and just, you just bring so much, natural joy to me wow that i am just i i am i truly and this is not just fluff i i am i am so so proud of you and so thank okay, you okay knock it off terrence tally <laughs> who are the next four people that you're proud of <laughs> i'm sorry it's true it's true thank you though. Uh, that, that does that uh, means a lot thank you and I, I am proud of my wife for sure. Mm. And I, I know it's like, oh yeah, it's your wife. You should be proud of her. But my wife has not just gone through, but she is has, has advanced. Come on. And she hasn't just sat, but she is like, I'm going to do something. Let's go. And I'm so proud of her, like getting her master's degree. We're talking about, 
uh, a woman who is just working a job. I shouldn't say just working a job. Like she was there and she was like in the midst. And even if you ask her, it's like, yeah, I could stay here and be happy. Um, I'm a master of none, but a jack of all trades. Mm -hmm. But the minute she heard God say, all right, it's time to go. She prayed for it. She was like, all right, we're going to pray. And then it was like, all right, well, we got to do this now. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, we got to do this. And so not only did she do it, but she is done. And then now she has stepped into what she went to school for. Come on. And she's awesome at it. And I, I always tell her it's man. I take, I take like, when people are like, oh, your wife is so awesome. I'm like, I know she's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm begging. That's my girl right there. That's awesome. And I, I just love how she just, she has her own thing mm-hmm. and she's doing it so well. And that's so right. I'm proud of her for that. I am proud of, uh, like, I, I I love both my daughters. They're awesome. Uh, but right now I'm really proud of, of my daughter, Gracie. Yeah. She's just, she's getting older, and it's so weird to see when your kids get older. Now. That's like, right. Even even today, I looked at her. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're over half my size. Yeah. Like, what what is going on right now? <laughs> and she's just growing up to be such an awesome woman. Come on, and just smart. She yeah. knows how to ask questions. Uh, and she has her own thoughts and opinions. And even today, she is just like, oh, I don't want to hang out with people that, that don't accept me for who I am. Wow. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You shouldn't do that. And I, I'm just so proud of who she is mm. and who she's becoming. And I can't, I wish I could take credit for it, but I, there's a whole piece of it. Just knowing the job that we do when there's not a crazy pandemic going around, it's the sacrifice of our family that we're gone. That's right. And life continues without us sometimes. And, and that can be, that could hurt. And sometimes I always wonder if, if man, am I doing my, my family a dis, this favor? If, if I'm, am I letting them down by doing this, but to see who she is, mm-hmm. It was, it's just like, God is like, parents, I'm taking care of, I love your family more than you do. Okay. (laughs) I got this. Yeah. And so she is just such proof, big proof that that God is, is taking care of her Mm -hmm. when, and even when I'm not there. And so that's awesome. Love it. Yeah. Those are my top three right there. Well, I absolutely love it. Whenever uh, a dude praises his bride. It just makes me so happy. I love it when uh, men affirm the ladies in their life. I think it's mm. such an honorable thing and totally resonating with you on being super proud of your daughter. And uh, I think I think there's something special about watching someone grow into who they can be. Yeah, and absolutely. It's super humbling because mm-hmm. for me, I'm watching my kids grow up and I'm like, I know how messed up I am. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Like, I'm so uh, <laughs> it's only by the grace of God that mm-hmm. our lives are as good as they are. Yeah. Because I, the biggest problem I have every morning is the, is the man that I shave with. And it's me. in case you had like the weirdest <laughs> mental picture, like that, that's strange. Like, man, you're shaving with people. <laughs> it's actually a balloon, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's me. I'm my biggest problem, and to watch how faithful God is, even though sometimes I'm not faithful, sometimes I'm not strong, sometimes I'm not able, and to watch God fill in all of the areas where I lack. It's humbling. Amen. Absolutely. Well, Terrence, I, I can't thank you enough for making the time to have this conversation. I uh, can't wait to go grab some steak 
in the near future. Are we supposed to do that? What? Did we miss that? No, uh, it's coming up, and I'm looking forward to going to the Rexus Toad House or the Texas Roadhouse. Yes. Grabbing a meal with you, my friend. But thank you so much, Terrence, for being a part of this conversation today. Oh, man. Anything for you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. That is a conversation that is going to stick with me for a few reasons. And here is the first reason. The story that Terrence and I spent some time discussing about a student's life being changed in a school assembly program, I will never, ever forget driving away from the school that day, getting the call from Terrence, and hearing him share that story with me. Here's what's amazing. Terrence shared his story. He engaged the room. He empowered the teachers. He encouraged the students. And he did all of these things in the span of about 50 minutes. And at the end of that 50 minutes, a young man's world was forever changed. 50 minutes is all that it took for a young life to discover the truth that his life has value, regardless of what his emotions may have been communicating, regardless of even may he what he may have heard from other people in his life. He left that program that day because of of the work that Terrence and the team did at his school. Here's a super cool thing. One of the reasons why we were able to get to that school was because of students who talked to their principals. They said they wanted to bring in Youth Alive and Terrence Talley. Because of their passion, this young man's life was changed along with dozens and dozens of other students' lives who left the assembly program at the middle school and then also the one that was at the high school earlier that day. Students left the room with a tangible sense that someone cared for them deeply, richly, and genuinely. And so this, for me, speaks to the need for excellence in all things. Because one of the reasons why Terrence is trusted by principals and schools to come in and share his story and his message is because he is excellent at what he does. He is a hard-working professional communicator. And he's been in the game for a long time. And the same hunger that propelled him to start many years ago still drives him today. And he's not done getting stronger. He regularly invites perspective and feedback because he wants to get even stronger. And this is yet another reason why I thank God for Terrence Talley. As we think about our lives, what in our lives are we able to be excellent at? Because it is as simple as choosing your direction, setting your focus, and refusing to give anything less than your absolute best, and embracing the feedback and the perspective of others that you trust, and just giving it all you've got. I am super glad that many years ago, Christ went first as far as excellence is concerned. Many years ago, he came down from heaven to earth and he was excellent in all things. He embodied what it means to be love. 
He was tired in some stretches. He was harassed in others. In a few moments of his life, his life was literally on the line before it was the due time for him to go to the cross. So I thank God for the excellence that Christ embodied when he was here on earth. And his definition of excellence is, hey, whatever God is leading me to do, I'm going to do, and I'm not going to go halfway. There's one part in the scriptures where it describes Jesus's determination as his, his face was set like flint. He was so focused on pursuing what he was here to do that he steeled his resolve and he would take nothing less than completion of his mission. So if you are walking with Jesus today, I just want to encourage you to continue to give your absolute best. If you have yet to start a relationship with Christ, man, today is a great day to start. there you have it folks we've reached the end of the line on this episode of hope between the lines i want to encourage you to check out terrence talley's website if you're interested at all in having him come to your community he can do a great job sharing a mental health message in public schools he offers virtual assembly programs as well to educational organizations he also has a very strong uh, faith message as well and he'd be an outstanding voice to bring in to your Sunday morning church experience, any youth ministry settings. He even does comedy shows. So I'm going to put the website for Terrence in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. I'm also going to give you a link to his books that he has released. I highly encourage you to check those out as well. They're on Amazon right now and they're available as well. I'd love also for you to take a visit to the website for Youth Alive here in Wisconsin. You can learn more about our mission, how we do what we do, and ultimately why we do it. And here's the why. Every student matters. There is no if, there is no and, and there definitely is no but about it. Like we are here because every student matters and we know that their life is valued. We desire every student in Wisconsin and Northern Michigan to live the best life possible. And we are so thankful that we get to work with adults and communities all over this region. Teachers, parents, pastors, principals, administrators, and even even police chiefs. We've coordinated with several community organizations just to bring in our presentations And here's a cool thing. We've reached over 221,000 students since 2010, and we are just warming up. There are so many students within our reach, and God willing, we're going to reach more than we ever have before. I do want to encourage you to drop me a message on the socials, Facebook at Hope Between the Lines, Instagram underscore Hope Between the Lines, and then an email hopebetweenthelines at gmail.com. And lastly, but never ever leastly, may the Lord bless you, may he keep you, and may his face shine forever brightly upon you.